first time I heard that song, an old preacher named Rex Harrison sang it. And uh, if you didn't know who Rex was, Brother Harrison, he, he had polio when he was a kid or somewhere in his life. And he was on crutches and he had them on his arm and his hand. He played piano uh, similar to Adam. I mean, Rex, Brother Rex could play. I mean, he just, he's an old bar uh, uh, hopper, I guess, and he got saved. And uh, a lot of people didn't realize as he got an age that holding those uh, crutches like he did messed his hands up really, really bad. And he'd get over and play that piano, and, and he'd play uh, just about, I mean, he, he was good. <laughs> and his fingers would burn, just burn because his hands were so messed up. And uh, his life, uh, he had a lot of stuff go wrong in his life, and, and he'd get up here and preach, and, and he'd get down, and everybody would say, oh, I want to be like Brother Rex, but you, don't wanna, you didn't want to do what he did to get what he had. And it cost him a lot to become what he was, I mean, and for him to move around. I remember one time he came in to uh, Truvine out in Norfolk, Virginia. As a kid, like Brother Joe was talking about, uh, you run around, the people you run around is who you are years later. Uh, that's that's who I just ran around. I stayed around those kind of people. I went to meetings. I did everything I could. So my vacations were around church. Uh, I just felt like that's what I should do. I wanted to learn some things. I just didn't want to see it. And uh, Brother Rex came in. He had cowboy boots on, and I always wear loafers. And everybody else in the church had cowboy boots on. There, people just follow other people. Don't be a follower. I mean, if you like cowboy boots, wear cowboy boots. But if you don't, don't just wear cowboy boots because somebody else wears cowboy boots. Unless they give you cowboy boots, and that's all you have. Uh, but, <laughs> For whatever the reason, uh, I'm sitting in there, and, I, and Rex walks in the door, and he's on his crutches, and, and I, knew, I knew a lot of stuff about that man's life. I sit down and talk to him a whole bunch of times, and, and uh, I, I looked down, he had cowboy boots on. I said, Rex, I said, could you tell me something, brother? He goes, what? I said, I, said, I got loafers on, man. I said, am I out of God's will? I said, everybody else has got cowboy boots on. He looks at me like, are you a moron or what, man? And he gets up here and starts preaching, and somewhere in the middle of his sermon, he just stops and looks at me out there and says, brother, I don't know why I wear cowboy boots. I just do. <laughs> and, I, you know, I mean, the, you would never know that this man was going through what he was going through in his life and how hard it was, but he'd play that song right there, and he'd break your, he'd play all kinds of songs, just break your heart. And, and his hands were just burning uh, to get him to, for him to get to do that thing and make that piano work the way he made it work. Uh, his hands were destroyed, and he just kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it. And he'd sing that song, and he says, whatever it takes. My question to you is, would, do you realize it's going to take something? It's going to take something to follow Jesus. It's going to cost you something. Uh, the Lord always says, oh, it's free. Salvation is free. You hear everybody say, it's free, 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 free. It is. But you know it's going to cost you something if you want to get close to him? It's going to cost you. Take your Bibles go to Philippians. I won't be long this morning. Ah, ha, ha. <laughs> Philippians chapter 1. It's a crazy, crazy world we live in now. I heard this message about uh, 12 years ago, uh, and it's been on the back burner. I was going to preach this Wednesday night, uh, Thursday, Tuesday night, but uh, y'all gave a bunch of good testimonies, and I was really, really pleased with all those. And I just said, hey, forget it, man. We'll just, uh, I'll save it for Sunday morning. I, I did some more work on it last night, and Ephesians, if I, if he, or Philippians, excuse me, Philippians chapter 1. Paul and Timotheus, the servant of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi. That's us, brother. That's us. That's us, the saints first. Uh, with the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Paul had some very good thoughts of these people. Always in every prayer of mine for you all making requests with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident in this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Father, bless the message this morning. Thank you for all you've done so far. Thank you for the singing. Uh, Lord, the congregationals, for everybody that came out. Lord, just thank you for a good spirit still in the church on a Sunday morning. Uh, Lord, and thank you most of all for you, uh, for what you've done for us at Calvary 2,000 years ago. And Lord, you never left us alone. You gave us a book that we could hold in our hands. Uh, Lord, that if we looked at it as... As the way you looked at it, uh, Lord, this thing could uh, change our lives. I know it has changed mine. It sounded like it changed Brother Joe's. It's changed so many other people in this room, Lord, and it'll continue to change us the more we put our trust and faith in it. Uh, Lord, I just want to thank you uh, this morning in front of everybody. What a blessing it is to have a Bible that we can hold in our hand, that we can trust. Father, again, bless now. Bless the message, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe seated. Paul's sitting here talking. I like that last verse that he just... Uh, said there, he goes, being confident of this very thing. You know, there's a, there's a bunch of things you can be confident about. And this world right now is trying to convince you that, 
that uh, it, it scares you. You know, take the shot, don't take the shot. Do this, do this, don't do this, do this. Uh, the new variants come out in Africa. I don't care what happened in Africa. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure the Africans don't care what happens in America. Uh, who really cares what happens anywhere? Uh, you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to get you afraid or scared or worried about something. Again, there's 8 billion people practically on this planet. You are a... You, you're not even on the radar scale where you're at, man. I have people call, aren't you afraid? No, I haven't got time to be afraid. I got to go do something. I'm going to have to do something tomorrow. I got stuff to do Tuesday. I got stuff to do Wednesday. I'm trying to get stuff done so I can get to the place where I don't have nothing to do. And I've been trying to do that my whole life. I've never got to the place where I don't have nothing to do. You ask George. I've told George, I can't even tell you how many times. If I can just get this done, I'll have all the, and it never comes, man. You know what you need to do is learn how to live every single day of your life with Jesus Christ. If you do that, you know what you'll do? You'll be talking to him all day long and say, Lord, I ain't got enough time. I ain't got enough time. I need more time. I, Lord, this is not going the right way. Oh, Lord, this ain't going the right way. I, still, I told him in Sunday school class, Esther's car broke down, and I was laying in my lazy boy chair, man. I was just, just comfortable. And here comes Beth. Your daughter is stuck in Starbucks. First of all, what are you doing in Starbucks parking lot in their... Oh, man, I got some things about Starbucks I can say, but I'm not... I'm not, I'll, I'll, I'll stay with the message, basically. <laughs> but she calls and says her car's broke down. Like, who really cares? I thought that's why we spent an extra 80 bucks to get her AAA. She gets her AAA, and I, you know who AAA is? Me. So I go, we get her car out, and I'm, I'm wondering, I said, Lord, I was comfortable in my chair. Yeah, I don't know, I was just trying to irritate you there, right there. I gave you a daughter that she, if she's not irritation enough, I'm going to irritate you some more with her. And then I'm going to put your wife between you and her and let her irritate you too. I was just about ready to doze. I don't know about you, but man, I tell you what, when I get ready to doze off, that is like the, the, some of the best time during the day I have. I mean, it's like I'm getting ready to go out and I'm going to be out 15, 20, 30 minutes. I don't really care. Uh, I'm ready to go out and, and you start messing with that little slot of time in my life. And I'm like a grizzly bear, man. I mean, it's just, so I go over there, break her car even worse than it was already broke. We get it all put back together, and it's still got some problems. Get it towed home. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, I said, who takes care of me? And I already knew the answer. He does. Amen. He's always done that. He's always taken care of it. 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 says, Now I beseech you, brother, Paul talking again, by the coming of our Lord Jesus and by the, our gathering together unto him, that you, uh, be, that you not be soon shaken in your mind or troubled, be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter from us, as the day of the Lord is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. There is going to be people that are going to try to constantly drag you down. There's, there's things in life, if it doesn't start with our government, it's going to be at the store downtown. It's going to be, I, go, I went to get tags for the, the van out there, and I had the title, and I said, man, this is going to be, it's just going to be a messed up thing. And I go over there, and, and everything works out good. First thing went wrong. I go out, and the lady comes out to do a, a VIN check. I go, then I go back in and go over to the title place, and the lady says, man, this van don't even come nowhere close to what this is on this title. This lady just found a number on the van out there and wrote it in there and thought that was good enough, and it didn't work. So we had to go through that process again. So the whole thing gets that way, and I'm thinking, man. Finally, I get the title in my hand, hot little title, and I go over there, and I hand it to them, and she goes, what is that? I said, it's a van. I said, we got one already. We had four, three or four of them already. Just look up one, and it tells you exactly what to do. Completely different. Every time I go in there, it's a different thing. They, it's never the same. It's a van. It's an E450 handicap van. The last one you license is this. The next one before that, you license is something else. They always, same exact thing. I'm sitting there going, ah, oh. the Lord says, yeah, but you need the van, don't you? You know what you learn how to do? You just learn, don't let that bother you. It's not that big a deal. Just eat it, go home, get a sandwich, and hit your. That's why I like my lazy boy chair. It is so cool, man. I mean, I, it's right by the fireplace. I can lay in that thing and just pass out. Beth will come up, throw my blankies on, and the whole world just goes away. Until you wake up, rudely. If you get worried, <laughs> come home yesterday, and, and Alex and Bella is in my chair. And they're looking at me, daring me to even try to get them out. It just ain't going to happen. You sit there and say, what is all that? Well, there's going to be things in life that try to destroy you. And, and you just need to blow that stuff off. 1 Timothy 1.18 says this, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. 
you know, you're, you're tasked with fighting a fight. And it's not that you're fighting a fight with somebody else. You're fighting that fight yourself. You need to understand that you're in a battle, just a slight one. It could be a little bitty one, but I'll tell you what, the battle still is there. And people get tired. You ever talk to old soldiers? They get tired after a while. You put them in a battle and they're trying to stay alive every day of their life. You ever talk to somebody who's been in the Vietnam War? They, I mean, on the ground in Vietnam? Them guys were just trying to survive the day and get through their tour of duty over there so they could come home. So a lot of them didn't come home. And they just, they just day and day out, bullets flying all over the place, the, uh, friendly fire happening, all kinds of stuff. I've sat down and talked to some of them, and them guys are about half crazy by the time they get out of there, uh, just trying to stay alive and keep the people around them alive. That's all you're doing, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away uh, concerning faith have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander. Paul delivered them over. He prayed. He just said, Lord, take these two and have them quit bothering the body of Christ. You know, there's people who just bother the body of Christ. But the Bible says you can be confident. Paul, over in that other passage, says you can be confident. 2 Timothy is a study to show thyself approved unto God. I'm going to read just a couple verses here real quick. Unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word truth, but shun profane and vain babbling. You know what Joe mentioned there a few minutes ago, this thing right here. You know what this does for you? It gets you out of a lot of trouble. When people start babbling, you know, just let them babble by themselves. Go somewhere else. You don't have to listen to that babbling. Babbling is just about the worst thing you can spend your time on. I'm telling you what, gossip, gossip, gossip. There's always something, babbling. They're going to try to convince you of something else. You cannot trust what somebody else wants you to trust all the time. If it doesn't match that book, you know what you need to do? Throw the thing out the window. He says, but, sh but sh shun profane and vain babbling, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And their word doth eat as a canker. That's what it is, like Hymenaeus. And now he's got Philetus with him. He's got somebody else. Hymenaeus is a, is, a, is a pig, man. The guy's sitting there constantly in there trying to make his... Brethren, we are just sitting there trying to get through the day with Jesus Christ and waiting for the day he comes and gets us and trying to survive and do something for him while we're here. I'm telling you, and you know what you need to do? You need to keep an, an attitude, a positive attitude. I'm going to give you all a Joel Osteen message today. You need to be positive. Something good is going to happen to you sometime. I don't know when, but it is. 2 Timothy 3, 7 says, ever learning and never able to come. You ever been around somebody who just never gets it? I mean, it's like a waste. Don't you look at me like that. No. <laughs> but they, they never get it, man. It's like, how could you not get it? It's easy. It's easy to get. You sit there, and, and I'm thinking it's easy because all the stuff I've went through in life, it's just easy. Why don't you get this? Why don't you? Why does it have an effect on your life like it does mine? If he's not a respecter of any person, why would I be any different than you? Or you be any different than me? Rex, Brother Rex, I got to watch you. I think God let me go around some of those people. I remember the first time I seen Gail Ripplinger. She writes these big old fat thick books on the King James Bible. Man, I, I mean, I get sick whenever I get around somebody like that. I, I mean, I just even to think that they think like that. How in the world could you even think? If I wrote a book, it would have like three pages. The front would be the index, the back would be, no, the front would be the, the, the uh, what do they call it, the, the content. The back would be the index, index and the, the one page would sit there, I'd probably steal that from somebody else to put it on there. And, and here they write these big old fat thick books. Brother Grady, I sit down and talk to Brother Grady plenty of times. He writes all those big, what had God wrought? <laughs> and these big old monster books like this big, and you need a truck to bring them in. And I'm sitting there going, how in the world do these people do that? And I remember when I walked in and seen... Uh, uh, her, her the first time, give Mrs. Ripplinger. I was sitting there looking in a room full of all kinds of Baptists. It was down at Dr. Carl Ackie's meeting. And I was expecting to see this lady with gold rings on and all this stuff, fancy stuff. And, and she was just a normal person sitting over in the corner, man, by her table by herself. She just looked like a regular old lady, man. Nothing. I mean, she wasn't bad looking. She wasn't out there being in a place where she would be stuck out like a sore thumb. She was just a normal, everyday person. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, you know, that's what most of us are. It's just normal, everyday people. And sometimes God gives each one of us a different thing to do or the ability to do something a little bit different than the next person. Don't ever try to be like somebody else. You know what that'll do? That'll destroy you. You are not them. They are not you. God gave you something. And you know, I, I was telling somebody, says it, you know where you find out who you really are? Right here. You get around these people every day, and guess what? you got to learn how to make these people actually like you. <laughs> you say, what is that? They're learning you, and you're learning yourself. 
I can go out into this world out here and I can put on a, a persona. I can make myself look any way I want to. They only see me for 15, 20 minutes. They don't know who I am. You know what you guys do? You see me every day. You know what a ship did for me? I'd walk on a ship with a thousand men on it. They, after three years, they knew who ET2 Elliot was. Or they knew who ET1 Elliot was. They knew. Navy SEAL said, you ain't going to change that kid. He's a Christian. Why? Because they watched me for three years. You can't go out in this world just go out. It's, it's, you get around your brethren. You know what somebody will do? They'll come in here and they'll try to peel off a few here and peel off a few here. And we're always looking for wolves in sheep clothing. Ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Now, as Janus and Jambres, that's back with Moses. Paul's mentioning two guys back there, Moses. They, they were withstanding him too. Moses, man of God, did exactly what God did. His face all shone and everything else. And these guys are still coming up against him like, I liked it when the ground opened up and swallowed them people up. Well, I wish I, I don't wish that. <laughs> Boy, it should be nice if somebody could do that. Somebody come up and open their big trap and he goes, oh, if the ground would just open up and watch it go. Wouldn't it be cool like if the carpet did that and then the carpet went back together and you couldn't even tell where it was? That would be so cool, man. I'm like, God, I said, Lord, you can do all. He said, Mike, I can do greater things than that. He said, I can do in your life, I can do greater things than that. He said, you don't need that. They needed that. You don't need that. You have something greater than that. False teachers, preachers, you know what? They all have one thing in common. They look good. I've seen people preach some of the best messages you've ever seen in your life. And then you watch and get in their background in their life, and them guys are just a mess. And you say, what is that? They just know how to preach. Anybody, I don't want to say anybody, but most people, once they learn how to get in front of people and talk, they can do, you can get a lot of preachers to say a lot of things. People always come up to me and say, well, you need to listen to this person's message. And I'm like, no, I don't need to listen to that person's message or that person's message or that person's message or this person. When you have like 75 people coming up to you telling you that you need to listen, you know what they're really telling you? You need to be like that person. Hey, I hate to break the news. I'm not going to ever be like that. I don't want to be like that because that's not the way the Lord made me. The Lord made me like this. I like me like this. And when the Lord comes up and says, Mike, I don't like this about you anymore, I'm willing to change in a heartbeat. But until he tells me to change, guess what? I want to say this way. You say, why is that? Because I don't want to end up like Janice and Jamboree's. I don't want to end up like Hymenaeus. I don't want to end up in a place where somebody has to pray that God kills me or dumps on me and gets me to shut my mouth. I don't want to ever get to that place. I want, to be, I want to be like Acts 20, 28, where it says, Take heed, therefore, Paul's talking. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to the flock, to, to all the flock over the, the which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers, to feed the church of God which he had purchased with his own blood. I like to be a servant. That's exactly what I want. To, I want to be a Lord's servant, just a servant to the Jesus Christ. That's it. That's all I want to be. I, I tell him all the time, I say, Lord, all I ever wanted, all I ever wanted was just to be able to serve you. That's all I want. I don't want money. I don't want riches. I don't want nothing. Fame. I don't want nothing. I just want to be able to serve you. And you sit there and say, how can you do that? How can a person just serve? Have you ever tried to figure that thing out? How can I serve God? I, I just want to serve him. Do I go to college somewhere and get this education? That won't do you a bit of good. That'll never help you serve God. It'll give you knowledge. And later on, like Paul, that may do you some good down the road, but there's some other things. If you want to get to the place where you serve Jesus Christ, it's going to cost you. In the last days, men will try to destroy you. They'll try to get you to go here, try to get you to do this. If you just become like this, and be, why don't you just become like what Jesus wants you to become like? You know, the hardest thing in the world you'll ever find out is what Jesus wants. Philippians, being confident of this very thing, Philippians 1.6, that he which hath begun a good work in you, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Being confident of this very thing, you can be confident, number one, I like saying Jesus Christ. You don't have to ever worry about anybody else. Jesus Christ is all you need. That's all you need. This book right here, Joe mentioned that just a few minutes ago. I was back here laughing. I'm like, Lord, that's exactly, I got something in here I'm going to say about that. There is a thing about confidence that overrides everything else. You know if you're confident, people trust you? I've walked up to stuff before, and, and uh, Brother Mike, we was talking, there he is back here, he calls me up. He says, hey, brother, he said, uh, this lady, Joyce, he works at this lady's house up here, and he said, her gate quit working. And I fixed it one time. He said, I, I told him, I said, oh, I can fix that. 
It's a big mouth, you know, just a big mouth. And he, he puts it to the test. And sure enough, I, Lord blessed, and I got to fix it. <laughs> it did. I it really did fix it. And uh, so he calls me up and says, it's broken. And I'm like, oh, no. I said, I forgot how to fix that thing, Lord. I, I said, I even forgot how it worked. He said, one gate will open up, and the other gate won't. And, and I'm like, oh. he said, will you go up there with me? I said, yeah. I tried to put it off for like two or three months, but I knew that wouldn't work. So we went up yesterday, got up there, and I'm praying all the way up there. I said, Lord, just help me remember, remember, help me remember how that thing works, how the two sides work together. and the, It's just relays and contacts and all this other stuff. And I said, and then we got up there, and Mike hit the button, and both of them opened up. I'm like, that's cool. So we drive in, I turn around and come back, and it has this little spot that if you hit it and you stop right there, the gate will open up, but the gate hadn't shut yet, so I was back a little bit further than that. And he goes, now watch this. He said, one gate. He goes, you know, he goes, watch it make a liar out of me. The Bible says all men are liars. <laughs> and sure enough, it made a liar out of him. <laughs> it shut. <laughs> and we sit out there with a the little button, <laughs> about three, four, five times, and it opened up and shut. And so he calls Joyce up, and he says, hey, uh, this gate's working. And she goes, no way. So she tries from inside, and it works. And then we stay on the phone for a little bit, and she says, uh, how much do we owe you? And I said, nothing. I said, Navy, I mean, Lexus Nexus, four seventy-five an hour for me to walk out the door. I said, you can't afford me. I said, so this is free. And we was just laughing and cutting up. But you know what? You sit there and look at that thing and say, Lord, I think he fixed that gate. You say, how do you? Well, they lost power just before we got there, maybe yesterday or something like that. And it reset everything and started working. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't have to do a thing. I'm like sitting there going, Lord, this is good, man. And me and Mike both look good. We were both looking good out in our driveway because everything's working. And we drive away. Never had to get out of the car. Didn't have to get cold. Didn't have to do nothing. You say, what is all that? The world will try to constantly destroy your attitude and your joy that you have in life. But you know if you put yourself and you put your confidence in him, you don't have nothing to worry about. You can be confident in him. You can trust him. If he said it, it will happen. He will do what he said. Now I'm going to get into a couple things. Being confident in this very thing that he, that's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, you can, Paul is saying you can be confident in the Lord, which had begun... That's your salvation. Do you know the day he saved you, he started something in you that a lost person will never have? He started something in you. And it's not going to be, and he goes on, he goes, which had begun a good work. The resurrection of your soul. Your, your soul was sit there, and it was just there, and it was, your spirit was dead as a doornail, and he resurrected your spirit. He began a good work in you. Never to be finished until, it says a good work, in you, you got a personal training program in your, in your life. The problem with us sometimes is we let this world pile on us and pile on us and pile on us and we forget that Jesus Christ wants to work in our lives. He's attempting to work in our lives to get us to where we need to be. That song they just sang a second ago, you need to let your plans go. You need to let the stuff in your life go. You need to get this garbage out of the way so that he can get through. And maybe, you know, he might want you to go that way, not that way. Although that way may look good. That way's a whole lot better. Man, I wouldn't trade the last four to two years for nothing. <coughs> you say, why? I got to watch him do some of the craziest stuff in the whole wide world in the last 42 years. I wouldn't trade one minute of my life in the last 42 years for no amount of money on this planet. Why? Because I got to walk with Jesus Christ the whole time. I got to come in to some of the greatest men on this planet. You know how you know if a man's really great? Everybody hate him. If everybody hates him, he's probably a great man. Why? Because he's saying stuff that nobody wants to listen to. The world, just like a, that tennis shoe Comic Con or whatever it was, man, I couldn't believe the amount of people buying tennis shoes and the price they were paying for them. I could not believe that. The world cares more about a pair of tennis shoes than they do their soul. That's the craziest thing in the whole world to me. They care more about a pair of tennis shoes than they do God. Their God is that pair of tennis shoes. And Michael Jordan, if he wears them, or whoever Jordan is, or that, whoever the rest of them guys are, if you can get somebody to put the shoe on their foot, I guess it means it's worth more. In you, personal training program, will perform it, guaranteed to finish what he starts in you. He's, it's a guarantee. It's a guarantee. He wants to do something for you. He wants to do something with you in your life. I have no idea what that is. There's no possible way I could even begin to tell you what God has. 42 years ago, I could not have told you my life was going to end up the way it is. Dr. Roman would have never been able to tell you his life was going to end up the way it was. 
I remember when he said he got saved in 27, he threw his Bible across the room. He had read it, and it was like the thing was talking to him. He goes, ah! And he'd throw it across the room and cuss and yell at it. And he'd go back over and pick it up and keep reading it. Then he'd throw it some more, and he'd keep reading it. It's like Bobby. Bobby said he threw his Bible. He told me one time his mom was sitting at, Miss Cindy's sitting there. And uh, they're sitting at a table. You know, people do stuff strange sometimes. He goes, we need to pray. I'm just, I could be all wrong in this kind. We need to pray. And for whatever reason, it didn't work out the way Bobby thought, so he threw, threw the Bible at his mom. Like, that's going to be really solve the problem. Unless she's going to pick it up and read it. I mean, unless it's, I don't have a clue why I'm throwing the Bible that somebody's going to help them. Unless you're just, you know, trying to, you put a brick in the Bible and you want to knock them out or something. I have no idea. But, I mean, throwing the Bible, and what it does, that's just your flesh getting in the way there for a few minutes. And the Lord working that stuff out. You know what he did for that man? He worked out a bunch of stuff out of his life so that he could one day stop and calmly sit in a Bible college somewhere and start teaching young men and older men and getting the Word of God in them. And today I'm standing here because of a man spent some time out of his life letting God work some things. Whatever it takes, you ever listen to some of these old men and what it took to get them to do what they did in their lives? It's, it's phenomenal. First Thessalonians 4, it, and he says, until. You know when he's going to quit this job? He's going to quit it right at the end of that thing. He says, until, Paul says, until the day of Jesus Christ. First Thessalonians 4, 15. Clearly says, for the Lord himself shall descend. You know when this thing stops? When he takes us out of here. And he's not going to stop working on you. can be confident that he's not going to stop. i got about three or four things to say, and I'll be done, maybe. You can be confident in yourself. The problem with most of us is we're trying to be confident in us. The confidence is never in you. It's in him. He will guide and direct your steps. He said over in Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not on thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy steps. You know, when you try to direct your steps, you're going to lose your confidence in him. You're putting your confidence in you. And I don't know about you, but man, sometimes I try to do that and I go crazy. Because I can't do it. There's too many variables in this world for me to even figure that thing out. He's got me. You know what I don't have to do? I don't have to worry. If I could just learn to stop, and I'm learning that, just stop and quit worrying. Let him have it, man. He'll figure the thing out. All I got to do is what's in front of me. At a, I can be confident he's going to take care of the big stuff. As a matter of fact, all the big stuff he's taking is filtering down, and I see the little stuff, and that's what I do, the little stuff. I do what he tells me to do on a daily basis. I can't do any more than that. So many people out there, they try to be administrative in a church, pastors, administrative, and they run everything, and they get everybody moving in this direction. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Well, let me ask you a question. What is your vision? It shouldn't be just mine. You should have one also. If the Lord is working in your life, and he's working in your life to do something, he's not, and he started a good work in you, what is the vision he's given you? You know, one of these days, the Lord's going to start calling missionaries out of this church. And he's going to start calling people out of this church to do different things. If this thing keeps growing and keeps, people keep learning, we got guys in here that's going through Bible college, and they're graduating. And the more and more they do that, who knows? I mean, they may sit there forever, but God could eventually call somebody out here. What is he telling you to do? If he's working in your life, you know what we need to do? We need to quit worrying. I don't care about a house payment. Beth may, but I don't. Uh, if I lose the house, I lose the house. I really could care less. I mean, I, I'll find he's, he's taking care of me for 64 years. I just got the strangest feeling he'll take care of me in the future. I don't have to worry about my work. I don't, I don't have to go out and do this and 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 this to show anybody who I am. He's already done it all in me. I got saved on the back porch 42 years ago. It's done. Man, I tell you what, you like eternal security? I love eternal security. I like it. I don't mind going out past our tracks. I had a guy call me the other day and said, hey, brother, could you? He said, Mike, this guy's a mess. We've been preaching at this guy for, man, I've been preaching at him for six, seven years. Maybe eight, I don't know. And he calls me up and says, hey, my boss's mother passed away. Would you do the funeral? He, he thought I was going to say no. I said, sure, I'll do it. Everybody's lost, pretty much. They, a couple of them may be saved, but, but it's, it's a mess at best. I'm sitting here trying to figure out how to do it. I said, no, this is an opportunity, man. I said, Lord, I'm going to get in there. And he told me some things. I said, well, at least I only have to worry about this one person. I don't have to worry about everybody else. I said, I'll try not to offend the one person very bad. But I said, I'm just sitting there trying to figure out how to do this without... I don't want to put her in hell, and I don't want to put her in heaven. But I do want to get the gospel across it in all their people's lives. I said, how do you do that? There's an opportunity. You say, what is that, Lord? Help me. I can, you know what it is? I'm confident in what he did for me. He saved my soul. 
There are some things you can always talk about that if you're confident in, it'll change your life. Otherwise, you're just constantly just in and out of this thing, always retreading back into areas where you should never be. You should get, my salvation happened 42 years ago. I'm done with it. Got baptized 47 year, 42 years ago. I'm done with it. I don't have to worry about that no more. Uh, I checked it out a couple times. Once I was done with it, I'm finished with it. 42 years, it's done. Go on and do something else. I don't have to worry about my works. I don't have to wonder. If I die, would I go to heaven? I don't know, man. Well, if, yeah. if, you, if you die today, would you go to, you know for sure you'd go to heaven or hell? Well, I don't know. I'm, I think I would. No, man, I don't have to worry about that at all. Somebody asked me, say, hey, Mike, if you died, I'd go to heaven. How do you know? Because Jesus said it. You know why that is? I got confidence in him, not me, not my flesh. He said it. I can believe it. I can just believe it. Our problem, have you ever failed? Don't that irritate you when you fail? I hate failing. I hate, I hate when I mess up and I have to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I just messed up. Because I feel like I, and he's like, well, I know you messed up, man, because I, I, I knew before the foundation of the world he's going to mess up right there. I'm not Calvinist. I just think he knows everything. When I approach him, it's not like I'm, I'm bringing something to the plate that he's never seen before or even knew about. You know what it, what it is? It's me showing him that I love him and I know he's there. And he goes, Mike, it's all about me and not about you anyways. He goes, you're fighting something you'll never be able to win. You'll never be able to do it. You ever fight? Prayer. Oh. If I fail anywhere, right there is where my, my failure is in life. I'm sitting there going, Lord, I never pray enough. Pray without ceasing. How do you do that? Well, if you close your eyes driving down the road and you hit a truck, that's not a good thing. How do you pray without ceasing? Do you just drive down the road all the time? You can't. How do you do that stuff? I feel like a total failure. The Lord says, you're still talking to me, aren't you? I said, yeah. He goes, I'm still talking back to you, aren't I? I said, yeah. You can be confident that I hear your prayers. How about church attendance? That's a good one. You say, man, I, my, oh, man, I tell you what, my mom, I wish y'all could, I wish I could record about half the conversations. Catholics, I was born and raised Catholic, and to be a Catholic, you have got to be out of your mind. Uh, I, and that's, that's about as gracious as I can be. I was raised Catholic, Catholic schools, the whole thing. I mean, they sit there, if you don't go, you know, if you don't go to church on Sunday morning, you've committed a mortal sin and you're on your way to hell. Now, I've never heard of, I'm sure Baptist preachers, some of them would say that, but, but uh, I've never thought that. I mean, I'd like to see everybody in church on Sunday morning, but sometimes we just can't be there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I mean, yeah, but you're a mortal. I said, what happens if you die before you get to communion next Sunday? Well, I guess you go to hell. Because why? I miss sermon on Sunday. Well, what's if it's a lousy sermon? I mean, what's if it wasn't even good? I'll go to hell for something that's not even good? I, it makes no sense. I don't have to worry about that. You know, trust in Jesus Christ. 42 years ago, solved my problem forever, man. Prayer, I don't have to worry about church attendance. I don't have, now I'm saying that, y'all, none of y'all will show up tonight. <laughs> You'll say, well, if I don't have to be in church, why should I care, man? I'll just stay at home. I'll watch it on TV. Shut it down tonight, man. We ain't going to broadcast tonight. <laughs> you can always look right, do right, and talk right, but that don't mean you're right. And sometimes you'll fail doing that. I've heard people say things and they wish they never said it. And if you stop there, you'll lose your, the confidence is not in you, it's in him. He said, I am going to start a work in you, and I'm going to finish it. And you can bet your bottom dollar once he started the thing. He's, you know, I've always liked that passage. I've always liked that thing because I'm like, Lord, you said you'd never quit. And sometimes I just want to quit and lay down and go find me someplace to hide. And the Lord says, but I didn't. I didn't quit. I never quit on you. You can be confident in him. You're confident in his written word. I like that. Boy, when Brother Joe talked about it a few minutes ago, that book right there will change your life. But the thing is, you're going to have to get in it. There is no amount of services you can sit in. There's no amount of services. There's no amount of preachers you can watch on TV. There's no amount of on YouTube or anywhere else. There's no amount of sermons you're ever going to get that's going to override reading this book. It is not going to happen. You know what? The, the, I like it. Matthew 25, 35. It says this, heaven and hell shall pass away. This is crisis. You got your little Bible. It's in red. But my word shall not pass away. He said, they ain't going away. Never, ever. You know what happens when you get this stuff in your head? What you're doing is you're putting the words of God in your head. He wrote, he, he hand chose every word that's sitting in this book. He hand chose those words. He personally told, him and the Holy Spirit got together, personally told people to write these. People say, well, how do you know? Because he said it. Faith cometh by hearing. I mentioned this in Sunday school. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. After a while, you just learn to trust him. 
I got confidence in him. If I got confidence in him, I can put confidence in his word. Psalm 119.89. I just read Psalm 119. You ever sit down and read all of Psalm 119? My Bible reading program, the way I change it all around, not only do I have to read Psalm 119, I got to read the whole thing, plus I got to read 15 more Psalms for my daily Psalm reading. You say, what is that? Fun. <laughs> it's getting fun, man. I just read this passage, and I, I was sitting there looking. I said, Lord, this is part of my message tomorrow. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Not for just a day or tomorrow, and it's going to change. No, no, no. It's settled. That means if he says, I'll give you everlasting life, guess what? For eternity, it's written, you get everlasting life if you do what? Believe on Jesus Christ. If you trust the blood that he shed a cow, it's done. You know what that does for you? Well, I liked it in the Navy. I, I, people say, hey, Elliot, can you fix it? I can fix anything, 15 minutes. No, that's a little overconfident. But that's exactly the way I was. Why? Because I did it so many times before. It might take me six, seven months to figure out what the problem is. Once I figure it out, 15 minutes, I'm going to fix that problem. But you sit there and say, what was that? I can, I, I can fix anything. You say, How, that, you say there, you're arrogant. No, I'm confident. I just know what I knew. I knew who trained me, what they taught me, and I knew how to apply it. I just had to figure out where the thing was broke, and that's where the problem lies. It isn't fixing. Fixing anything's easy. It's figuring out where the problem is and enduring long enough to find that problem. Somebody who says I can do that is confident. Man, I opened my mouth when I went to Springfield. I told somebody that the other day. You're talking about the Lord getting you out of the hole, man. My, my shoe was in my mouth. I told them I could go. They had a problem up there for three or four weeks. An hour away from where I was sitting, and I knew I was sitting in the middle of the night down there. Me and my big mouth. Oh, I can fix that problem. <laughs> I can fix that problem. They sent me up there in four hours. And the manager said, go. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, wow, man. Oh, man, that's a bummer. I, said, I didn't even know nothing about the problem. I knew nothing what was good. There's a big building up there. I mean, I didn't even know where the problem was. I didn't even know where the equipment was they were talking about. And I opened my big mouth. I said, oh, all the way up here. You know what I'm doing? I'm praying. I said, I'm bad at prayer. I was praying all the way up there. Oh, God. Oh, God. I told him. I could know. I told him. And I walk in the door, and Matt Govey was sitting there. You remember Matt? Matt was up at Springfield. And Matt had worked with them guys for four weeks, three or four weeks. And I said, Matt, he goes, yeah. I said, I'll come up here. He goes, yeah, I heard. He goes, come back here. I'll show you where everything's at. And he walked me right to everything. And he puts me on the phone with this girl, and I'm sitting here listening to her. And, and for uh, what I realized real quick, for three weeks, maybe four, she was telling somebody what to do. They would do exactly what she said. And when it didn't work, they'd walk away. Then she would tell them what to do, and they would do exactly what she said. And I said, whoa, 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 stop here. We're changing this. We're, we're changing this around. She goes, what? I said, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do, and you're going to tell me what you want. And I'm going to make you have what you want. And, and it took me a couple seconds to get her to stop. I said, look, what are you trying to get? She said, see that little light on this? I'm trying to make that thing light. I said, fine. I said, go to the other piece of equipment. I said, it's lit over here, but it's not lit over there. I said, it's got to be the cable between the two. And I look, and lo and behold, here's this cable already laying there in the rack. Right, I mean, it's right there. All I had to do was go unplug, plug. Unplug, plug, and the sucker started working. I did that in less than two hours. And I'm sitting there, oh, God, thank you, thank you. You say, you're confident. Yeah, I was. You know what the Lord did? He blessed that thing. Confidence is one of those things where you just trust that you can do something. You know when you get to the place where you trust Jesus Christ? Your whole life will change. Because all of a sudden, when you fail, you know that he'll forgive you. You get back up. And you'll have the strength to try to not do it again. And pretty soon you start learning confidence in the written word. How about this with Psalm 138.1? I will praise thee with my whole heart. Man, you ever read those verses and just started looking at those things and said, man, I wish I could be like that. Just praise him with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praises unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. This thing's important to him. You know, once you start getting the confidence in the Lord, you'll start getting confidence in this book. You know what makes people get saved? The book, not you. All I'm doing is repeating what Christ died for our sins according to Scripture. He's buried and rose again the third day. You say, what would you just say? I just quoted some words. But that's the gospel. For Christ died for our sins. Are you a sinner? If you're honest, you'll say, yeah. Well, how do you know you're a sinner? That book? How do you know there's a heaven? That book? How do you know there's a hell? That book? How do you know there's a God? That book? How do you know there's a Holy Spirit? That book? How do you know there's a Jesus Christ? That book? How do you know he died on a cross 2,000 years ago? That book? Well, you say, well, Joseph was a historian. Yeah, but he's not like that book. That book is the strangest thing in the whole wide world. 
First John, how about First John 2, 4. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar. I hate it when somebody says, I'm a Christian, man. You I like John. John transgender sign. The guy who helped me with that, he said, words, words, words. He just kept saying, words, words, words. That'll stick in my mind forever. Words, words, words. I'm like, John, what does that mean? He goes, a lot of people just say words. He goes, Mike, you never said words. You actually did what you said. <laughs> he goes, but a lot of people say words. Words, words, words. Words, words, words. You know, sometimes you got to do stuff in front of people. John got saved. You say, is he living the Christian life? Don't know. He said he trusted Jesus Christ. My wife was a witness. We was working on the house over there on the side, and it was real, real high up. And John got scared, which I don't blame him, man. I mean, he's, he's out there on one of these flimsy things bouncing up and down, and we had to do the siding all the way up to the peak. And he come back in there, and I said, get in here, man. I said, I'll go out there. And I went out there. I didn't go out there because I was trying to show him up. I just was not going to ever let him have anything against me. Levi, welcome, man. <laughs> How's it going? When'd you sneak in? Never mind. But, uh, <clears throat> but I sit there and said, hey, I, ain't gonna, I am never going to let somebody say, you coward. I was just afraid I was going to fall off. He was like, don't fall off the thing. Don't fall off the thing. We got it done, man. The guy ended up getting, they tell me he got saved. You know when he got saved? He said he got saved a couple days after we started working. And I was sitting there, why didn't you tell me that? I paid him the money after we got done with everything. And he goes, yeah, I got saved a long time. And he told me exactly when he got saved. Me and, me and uh, Rich was talking. And as we were talking, he bowed his head back there and asked Jesus Christ to save him. Why? Because he heard something that he, he just did not place in life anymore. And he goes, that's real. You know what that was? That was the book. Why would I do anything if the book didn't say it? Because I'm stupid, mainly. But if, if the book says it and you do it, you know what you do after a while? I just believe the gospel will save their souls, man. I know, I know the, the book. I know all this stuff. I know everything about it I just said because of this book. There's, without this book, in the beginning, God. You might as well throw this book away. If God isn't going to be in your life, you might as well throw this book away. And if you're not willing to change some things, you might as well put this away. He wants you to be confident. You know what, you know what this world is looking for? Is people that are confident. They're confident in what they know. And if you can convince somebody that you know, even if you don't know it, if you can just convince them you think you know it, and they get behind you, you can say, oh, God, help me get this, teach me. And you can, you can figure your way through something, but what the world needs is you to be confident. I need to be confident in Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm confident in him. I can be confident in him. He said, he that began, began a good work in you, I can be confident in what he did. I, I'm confident in his word. I like his word, man. Uh, 2.4 says, he saith, he, uh, he, he that said he abideth in him ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. How are you going to do that if you don't have no confidence in him? Four, oh, let me get this. Confidence, confidence, confidence. There's all, it's all through the Bible. Confidence, where am I going? People say, I'm going to heaven. How do you know that? I got a Bible. But it says in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, 6, therefore we are always confident. Confident, man, there's something. There's words all through. I got one in Proverbs here in a minute I'm going to go to. This, it's a great one. Knowing that whilst we are at home in the body. I remember the first time I read that. I was sitting there going, man, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor, whether we're present or absent, we may be accepted of him. I'm like, Lord, I, I tell him all the time. I said, just take me home. Just take me home. And I'm like, ah, but... Well, if you took David home too early, he died when he's 70 years old. If you took him home too early, Solomon might not have been the king. I said, yeah, and, and you look at all these Moses. You took him up on the side of the mountain. You took him home when you want to take him home. I said, really, if I'm going to be the servant, I need to trust you that you can get me through this no matter how, how long I have to stay here. I'm like the next person. I don't know if I'm like the next person. I'd love to go to heaven right now. I just love it, man. Uh, I don't, and don't bring me back. Just let me go and stay there. I don't have no desire to ever come back to this place. Zero, none. But if he's not ready to have me there yet, then I'm like, Lord, I can trust you that you'll get me through this thing. I don't worry one thing about it. If you don't tell me what's happening in this world, I heard, I heard like I said, Sunday school class, I heard FedEx, some guy, man, them FedEx guys, I, I would never want to be a UPS or FedEx anything uh, because they work you to death, man. I mean, they, and they pressure you to do this. So the FedEx give you 25,000 boxes and you've got to deliver them all before you can come home. And they tell you, oh, if you do it, if you do it in two hours, man, you get the rest of the day off and we'll pay you for each box. Somewhere down in Georgia, Alabama or something, they found in the woods a big old pile of FedEx boxes. 
And some guy said, I'll get rid of all that. I'll just back over here and I'll dump them in the woods. Uh, that's where all your, and then they blame it on some, some uh, porch pirate coming and stealing all your boxes. No, it's just a guy didn't want to deliver them, man. The world puts too much pressure on. I can be confident in Jesus Christ. God commended his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's what I was. Being much, being much more than being now justified his blood, we shall be saved. I can be confident that he saved my soul. I don't ever have to worry about losing it. This world is in a place where they're always worried about dying. Why? I don't understand that. What in, this, what in the world could you possibly compare heaven? If you ever get a hope, the only way you're going to get that is in this book. You start looking at heaven the way it's supposed to be, or it's going to be, and this earth the way it is. They show, I've seen documentaries where they show South Sea Islands over out in the middle of nowhere, and they got garbage and trash all over the shorelines of it. Nobody's even on that island, but there's so much trash being dumped in your oceans. That's what man does. This. New York City takes barges after barge after barge out of the middle of the ocean and just dumps it. That's only one city. You sit there and say, and this, is, this is the world we want? I don't want none of that. You know what I, the Lord says, Mike, one of these days you get to come home with me. I'm like, yeah. But until then, I want you to stay right there. I'll stay. Ephesians 1.3, actually 1.4, says this, According as he had chosen his in the, before him in the foundation of the world, before, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. You know, one of these days we're going to stand before him. And I tell you, a lot of these times I'm thinking, Lord, I said, I know me. I, I still to this day cannot figure out how he's going to change me to be like him. If I think in my mind, how could you change this corrupt, filthy mind to be like you? I'm like, I don't understand how, but he says he can do it. And he says he will do it. And I know one of these days I'm going to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. And when I do, my, I'm not going to be like I am right now. I'm going to be like him. I'm going to see him like he is, and I'm going to be like him. And I, he says, you can be confident. You know what? That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the day he takes me out of here, and I get to be like him. I want to be like Every time I read my Bible and it talks about Israel, I, I pray. It's the Lord, reestablish that place. Re, I've been there about eight, nine months. I said, reestablish that place. Put those Jews back in the land. Give them what they need. Take it from us. I don't care what you got to do. Give those people, because he says, if you pray for peace in Israel, he'll give you some slack. I'm like, okay, take it. Give it to them. Give everything I got to them. I want to see him build that place back up. Why? Because that's what he's going to do. And the sooner he does that, the sooner I can get out of here. That's selfish, I know. But hey, Hebrews. Through the blood of the everlasting covenant. You know, you can trust that. If you trust your career path, you have no idea. You know how many times my career path changed in my life? I talk to all kinds of people. You know how often their career path? Very seldom will you find anybody that does 50, 60 years doing one job. Now it's two, three years here, five years here, 10 years here, four years here, six years here, moving all across the country, everything. You'll never find anybody being any place in any one given time. You say, what is that? That's trusting in your job. Your job can change, and it can go away. The whole economy could crash tomorrow. What are you going to do? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do the same thing I did yesterday. I'm going to get up. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do during a daily basis and see what happens. And if they say you live for about 21 days without water, then I only have to worry about 21 days. After that, it's all solved. My problem is solved. You say, what is that? Trust in God. If he can, man, if Moses can take a rock, a, a stick and hit a rock and get water out of it, I'm sure the Lord can figure a way of getting me a glass of water. I mean, if he can get ravens to fly ah, 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 and drop meat down on a guy under a juniper tree, sure, if he can find the juniper tree, first he's got to find a big hunk of meat and then drop it to the guy. I hope it was medium, more than medium rare because I don't like bloody meat. But I mean, if he can do that, sure, he can, he can take care of me. Confidence. You got to have confidence in him. Confidence standing before him. I'm trying to rush through these. I got a couple here that one of these days I'm going to stand before him. And you know, I, 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 I've always worried about that, standing before him. I just said, Lord, I, I keep seeing myself outside that gate. And it's not that I'm not saved and not that I'm not going to get in. I'm just like, Lord, did I do what you wanted me to do? And then all of a sudden I realized it had nothing to do with me. He already did it. I'm in. You're already in. If you're in here today and you're saved and you know that you've trusted Jesus, you're already in. If you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're in. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't get out of it. There's just no possible way. 1 John 2, 28 says, Now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, 
we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him and his coming. You won't be ashamed. Well, I'll tell you what, you're talking about some shouting. When we get out, when he comes back to those clouds and the rapture happens, Miss Cindy, when that rapture happens, this is what's going to happen. The clouds are going to be open. And it's going to just... Now, I think it's going to be daytime everywhere at that point. Because <laughs> I can't imagine him letting the Jews have all the daytime and we get the nighttime over here and we got to go up at nighttime. Unless he brings us up like over this way and we all come up over there. I have no idea. But I'm looking at sunlight, brightness, Jesus Christ in the clouds, and we're going to shoot right up there. And I'm sitting there going, I will not be ashamed one bit. But the only thing you'll see me do is, bye-bye, like this, if I can do that. I don't even know if I'll even have the time to do that. I'm just going to be gone, man. I'm going to see him. I'm still thinking now. I used to say, I want to go out in the rapture. I hear people say, I want to go out in the rapture. I don't want to die. But man, you know, if you die and you get put in the ground, you get to get resurrected and then go up. You get best of both worlds. You get to see both things. You know, in an eternity, man, you got a bunch of stuff to talk about. I was in the dirt, man. I was sitting there looking up. <laughs> oh, I was, I was actually just looking down. I see my body down there. And then I got to watch myself come up. Then I got to go down and be part of it and back. I'm telling you what, brother, there's some stuff. You say, well, you're crazy. Yeah, I'm crazy. This book make you crazy. That's what the Catholic Church always says. You read that Bible and it's going to make you crazy. Yeah, it's going to make you crazy. You know why? Because it's going to start showing you some things that are totally different than what this world has to offer. I don't, I don't care what you do in life. I could really care less. Put Jesus first. <laughs> if you can put Jesus first, you can do whatever you want. Because <clears throat> if you put Jesus first, guess what? He's going to make sure all the rest of the stuff is right. Proverbs 3.20, confidence in a good life. I've heard people say, well, if you get saved, you have a good life. Eh, that's not necessarily true. But I'm telling you what, Proverbs 3.21 says, my son, if you ever let them not. He's talking about the, the law, the, the commandments of God all the way down through there. He goes, my son, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. You know, when I look back over the last 42 years, the only thing I can think of is that right there, man. I'm like, Lord, that right there is, is what did it. That book. I'd read Psalm, Proverbs and say, my son, my son, my son. I thought he was talking to me. I had preachers say, well, Mike, you know that's really Solomon talking to his son. I'm like, don't wake me up, man. Just go talk to somebody else. Just leave me alone. I think that's my father through Solomon, through the Holy Spirit, teaching me that I'm his son. I just think I'm his son, so leave me alone. Just go away, go away. I've had preacher after preacher tell me that. I'm like, no, I understand exactly what it is, but it goes beyond that. And he's saying, my son, he goes, Mike, you want a good life? Just try this. Mike, you want a good life? Try that. I said, Lord, boy, I done messed up everything. You know, I think today, after 64 years, I still mess it all up. If you give me a chance to mess it up, I'll mess it up tomorrow. He says, so shall, thou, uh, so shall be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in, in the way of safety and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, ooh, man, I like lying down. Uh, thou shalt not be afraid. Are you ever afraid when you sleep? I'm not. I, I just, I'm, I'm trying to get, I'm like, brain, calm down, calm down, slow down, brain. Quit thinking about this, quit thinking, just quit thinking about everything, brain. Brain, quit it. Quit it, just let everything go, just get, get rid of it. Next thing you know, I'm opening my eyes, it's eight hours later. I'm like, you got to tell yourself how to sleep sometime, man. I just, my brain just constantly goes, Zzz. I'm like, shut up. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I just don't want to hear nothing. I just want to go to sleep. I like my sleep. You know what? I don't have to worry. I've been on a ship with a thousand men, and I never had to worry one time about being killed. Not one time. I, I could care less. I'd jump in my rock, and I'd go to sleep. Now, you try to go sleep in a room with a thousand men. And see, and see, there's some weird people on ships. I'm telling you, sailors, there's some weird sailors. Then shalt thou walk uh, in the way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear. There's nothing on this planet that you should get scared about. Let it go. Let it go. The Lord is in control of it, and, and he's allowing stuff to happen all around. Satan is trying to do his thing, and it's, it's the battle's between them two. I'm not in there at all. No part of that. All I got to do is do what he tells me to do on a daily basis. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Well, I tell you what, in, in 42 years, I should not be here. And the only thing that's kept me here is that book. 
I'm sitting here. The only reason I don't quit is that book, because I know if I quit, I'm quitting on him. And I want to quit, but the book's... I said, Lord, I don't want to go to heaven and meet Moses. <laughs> oh, man, he even tried to fight with you about coming. He said, look, I'm sorry I hit the rock twice, okay? I'm sorry. No, you're not coming in. Shut up. Man, could you imagine God telling you to shut up? Moses said, oh, please, please shut up. I'm done with it. You're not coming in. Now, you'll get later later. And I'm sitting there going, Moses and Samuel and Eli, all of them, man. I'm sitting there going, all of them, and Noah, and every single one of them, man, they... They sit there and they have these conversations. And I'm like, Lord, that's what I, I want that confidence where I can sit down and be part of it. I like over in 1 John chapter 5, it says, you may know you have eternal life. You may know it. I remember the first time I read it, I'm like, it's like Holy Spirit saying, what'd you just read? I said, somebody can know it. There is actually somebody that can know it right there. They can know it. I think I even got it. Yeah, it's right there, 513. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. You know, it's a blessing. That is a, a special benefit that we get that lost people will never get. You know, a lot of saved people never get that thing. There are so many people still fighting over once saved, always saved. They never, they never read what it says. I mean, it's just as clear, to me, it's just as clear as mud. <laughs> it's just pretty clear if you look at it, mud you can't see through. But it says that ye may know ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God, and this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Have you ever thought that when you actually talk to God, he listens to you? You talk to the Lord, he listens. He may not give you what you want, but you know he just heard what your request was. And he just may say, hey, Mike, if you thought that maybe this, 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 and this, the variables in our lives, if he gave me everything I wanted, how many other people would affect probably in a negative way? Do I really need all that stuff in this life? No, not really. I'm going to get it all on the other side. Why would I want, it? Why would I want anything? It's, it's junk on this side. There's nothing on this side that's not junk except people. I said, on the other side, I get it all. And I, I fight myself all the time. I'm like, oh, Lord, I got to slow down. If I did all this stuff, I could be a millionaire, two millionaires, three millionaires. I could, I could, if I just make enough money, then I could sit back. You know, I've been trying to do that for 64 years and I still haven't got there yet. It's not worth it. To me, it's not worth it. I've seen the scams and seen the plans and seen all this other stuff. And if I want to shoot down that, you know what I like? I like just waking up in the morning and my brother Mike calling me and say, hey, can you come help me today? Yeah, man. I can call him and say, hey, can you come help me? Yeah. I could probably call any one of y'all and say, hey, would you come help me? And you would. That's a daily basis. You know what that is? That's just living life one day at a time. And then you get out there ways and you're like, man, I'm sure glad that happened. I took my time. Like, you know what? There may be somebody in here today just not confident that you're saved. Have you ever thought, if you died today, would you go to heaven or hell? Are you sure that if you died right now, you'd go to heaven? If not, today would be a great day to solve that problem. My daughter, uh, last week, she's not here today. She's not feeling good, but she wanted to get baptized today, so we're going to baptize her next Sunday. Uh, and uh, Jesse, and she came up to me last week, and she said, Dad? And I'm, I'm telling this y'all going to see her get baptized. I'm going to have her give a testimony. She goes, Dad? She goes, uh, I think I need to get baptized. And I remember baptizing her. And uh, I said, are you sure? She goes, yeah. She goes, well, I got saved when I was young. And then I got baptized. But then I did I really, I didn't think I got saved there. So I, I made sure, and I know that I got saved when I was 16. I said, okay. She said, you didn't get baptized after that? She goes, no. She said, would you baptize me? I said, of course I will. I said, Jesse, it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with you. You know what a baptism does for you? It makes you confident, not me. I did what he told me to do, and I don't care what anybody says. I did what he told me to do, and now I'm confident that I have peace with him, and I can move on to the next thing. You know, what, you know what's wrong with most of us is we never move to the next thing. We never get the confidence in him. Paul, Peter, Paul, Peter, Paul, James, all of them, man, they all said something. I, I just like the way he put it over in Philippians. Actually, I got it right here. Being confident. Are you confident today? Are you worried about what's going on in this world? Let it go, man. There's nothing to worry about. It's just you have no control over anything that they do. The only thing you have control over is saying yes or no to what they tell you to do. Being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I think that he started something with me in 1940 or 1940, 1980. 
42 years ago, he started something. And he's not finished yet. And I don't know what he's going to do five years from now, if the Lord tarries. I have no idea. George will say, he's not tarrying. He don't tarry. He is just, he, he'll, be when he's, he'll be here when he's been. Okay. When he comes, I don't know if he's going to come today or tomorrow or five years from now. But I know that if he comes five years from now, he is still going to be doing a work in me five years from now. And if I do anything to stop that, what I'm doing is I'm hindering the Holy Ghost. And I lose my confidence. I never want to lose my confidence. If you're in here today and you do not have confidence in Jesus Christ, you know what you can do? Get it real easy. All you got to do, number one, is get saved. Number two, get beyond being saved. Be, believe you're really saved eternally. And that he had let him have your life. Let him have your life. I'm telling you what, he can do so much more with your life than you'll ever do. Father, thank you for your blessings today. Lord, we can be confident. We got the Word of God. Lord, we got you. But Lord, I know this world is throwing so much stuff at us, and Lord, just scaring us half to death, half the time. And Lord, uh, there's really no reason for us to be scared. Lord, we have it all in you. You have. We don't. We don't need anything else. We have everything in you. Uh, Lord, I just want to thank you for uh, the years I've had. I'm, uh, Lord, I'm just. I can stand here today and say I'm confident that you're going to take care of me. Uh, Lord, that you've already taken care of me, and Lord, that you have provided a way. Uh, for me to get to heaven. Lord, if there's anyone in this room today that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, I just pray that they'd come to know you today. Today would be a great day. And for the rest of us, uh, Lord, that uh, little by little, we'll just let the cares of this world go off to the side. And Lord, there's still things we got to take care of and st still things we got to handle. But Lord, uh, nothing to the place where it's going to affect our confidence in you. Uh, Satan, Lord, wants to, to beat us down, Lord, and, and we just do not let him to, need to let him do that. There's just people in this world uh, Lord, they need to hear more about you. And Lord, they need to hear about, about somebody who actually knows who you are and trusts you. Uh, Lord, the, the world's looking for something. And Lord, we have what they're looking for. Help us to give it to them. And Father, again, thank you for this morning. Bless now. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.